Welcome everyone for another episode of the Natural Healing Podcast. And we are looking forward to this one because we recently had another autumn equinox on September 23rd. And that's here in the Northern Hemisphere. Of course, they're going to be having the vernal spring equinox in the Southern Hemisphere at that same time. But for us, well, and really for both uh, hemispheres, we are experiencing a change in weather. And even though this is, uh, according to the, the Chinese lunisolar calendar, this is really the middle of fall, this equinox, it really does seem like it's the change of seasons because the weather is starting to cool down. the Natural Healing Podcast, the show designed to guide, inspire, and empower you to elevate your health so you can achieve your goals and dreams. We are your hosts, Dr. Satara Moafi and Salvador Cephalou, a husband and wife team of acupuncturists and owners of a Center for Natural Healing, an integrative wellness clinic based in the heart of Silicon Valley. We're here to make the ancient wisdom of healing practical and accessible for your modern lifestyle. Well, the thing that happens when we go into any sort of seasonal change, just like changes in your life, you feel more vulnerable, right? You start to have this wind that starts to come in, that starts to generate that change, the change of seasons. And in particular, at this time of year, we're going through a big transition because In the Northern Hemisphere, we're moving from a very young season, from the most young season of the year, summer, to the first yin season of the year, which is autumn. And this change tends to be a little bit dramatic because we go from having all this exuberance and energy and outward expression to kind of being forced to go more inward. And there's a lot of things that we can do and really need to do to regulate our immune systems to make sure that the impact of that wind does not create a resistance to change and cause illness or even just something simple as a cold or a flu. And you bring up a good point because as we become more yin at this time, you really want to start getting a little bit more rest. Mm -hmm. And that's how you're going to support your immune system. Because if you don't, then you really will become more vulnerable to the the winds of change and your immune system will become more vulnerable and weakened. And it's the time of the lungs. Fall is the time of the lungs. We say it's also the time that the climate is drier. Mm -hmm. And we definitely get that. And then everything starts to die and wither. You know, you start seeing the change of colors. And uh, as things start to um, ready to just die, <laughs> die for, die yeah, for to, winter. Yeah, to go into a state of dormancy. It's a lot of change during this time. And, you know, it's important. You mentioned the lungs, but also there are two other organ systems that are associated with this change of seasons with the autumn equinox, which is related to the metal element according to Chinese medicine. And those two other organ systems are the large intestine or colon, as well as the skin, which is the largest organ in your entire body. And all of these systems help us to connect our interior worlds to the exterior world. So the lungs help you to breathe, right? You breathe in that fresh oxygen, that qi, and then you breathe out toxins. 
The large intestine or colon helps you to eliminate toxins from the body. And the skin protects you from the external world, but also helps you sweat so that you have this mechanism to kind of purify your body. So it's all about purification, refinement. It's kind of a time to reset. So the internal organs and the element that play a role most dominantly during a particular season are the ones that are going to be kind of reflective of the energetics of that season. So because we're talking about the lungs, large intestine, and the skin, we're talking about your relationship with the external world. And because the autumn time is more of a yin time of year, this is a time to kind of retreat a little bit more. So to kind of minimize your relationship with the external world. And then as as I was saying, it's a time of dryness and you're talking about the skin. So we, you know, we often notice our skin starts to dry out. And you know, women are much better about moisturizing their skin. And, that, and, and one of the things that happens uh, with the body and the lungs is they become dry. Dry cough could be associated with this season. And when your fluids are dry, then your sensory orifices get dry. So everything from the mouth, the eyes, you know, all that starts to dry up. Now, so moisturizing the skin is one major way that we could hydrate the body. You know, do you want to talk about some of the... Um, products that could be used? You <laughs> well, know, you like could sesame use, oil. Yeah, oils. Oils are really great. So especially if you have more dry skin than usual, you want to use the more deeply moisturizing oils like sesame oil, which is very often actually used in Ayurvedic medicine, especially for like pitta types and vata types. But you also want to maybe consider introducing things like shea butter. Shea butter is very moisturizing or coconut oil. Now be careful if your skin tends to be oily, those can be a little bit more clotting to the pores. So you want to use those in moderation if you have oily skin, but you are going to have a greater propensity for dryness this time of year. And you mentioned dryness for the lungs and the skin, but we also have the other organ system, the large intestine, and the colon. And it becomes really common to develop constipation this time of year because of that dryness. Right. Maybe drink a little olive oil. Yeah. You can definitely take like a tablespoon or two of olive oil yeah, in the morning or evening. And it's really helpful, you know, when people have a lot of heat, so it'll be more dry, a lot yes. of inflammation. A patient was just telling me how she, uh, when she's really inflamed, she'll just take a, a teaspoon or a tablespoon, I can't recall, but she'll drink uh just olive oil and she immediately starts to uh, settle down her system. And a common folklore remedy for women like postpartum is to take like a few tablespoons of ghee, right? Because that's very moistening. Right, right. And anything dairy will stimulate the immune system. So, so dairy can, for people with inflammation, can aggravate inflammation because it's it could stimulate whey chi. So keep that in mind. So if you notice you don't feel good with ghee or with dairy products, it's because it's overstimulating your, your immunity and that inflammatory reaction. And we've mentioned in past episodes that we've talked about the immune system, but just to repeat, the main form of qi or energy that rules your immune system according to Chinese medicine is known as wei qi, and that's spelled W-E-I, and then qi is Q-I. So wei qi is produced through what's known as Gucci in the stomach. So from the food and drink that you take in, you produce this substance that then gets sent up into the lungs 
to create this protective layer along your skin or the surface of your body during the day that helps protect you from the external environment. And then that Wei Qi homes into your kidneys and into the lower part of the body at night to help you have deep, restful sleep. So making sure that your lungs are strong, making sure that your digestive system is strong is going to make sure that you have quality Wei Qi so that you can have a strong immune system, but also be able to have restful sleep because as Salvador mentioned, it's really important to make sure that you take enough rest at this time of year as well. Right. And classically speaking, they'll talk about the stomach fluids as being a big part of the production of Wei Qi by the the lungs because the lungs help produce that Wei Qi. And so it's really important to hydrate and not just through, through, um, through water, it's uh, proper hydration uh, is, is having good minerals, good electrolytes. You know, some people just flood themselves with water and then they're like electrolyte deficient. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind for people who like to over drink water because, you know, the concern is usually people don't drink enough. So for those people who aren't really drinking enough, it's really important to have more of the electrolytes, the potassium and sodium in their diet, help retain the fluid in their body. Well, one really easy way that you can introduce more potassium whenever you're drinking water or wanting to hydrate is to just throw a little bit of like Celtic sea salt into your water. So the concern is that if you're drinking a lot of water, and especially most people nowadays are drinking the water that's completely stripped of its minerals, right? We're drinking a lot of reverse osmosis water. And that type of water actually can be dehydrating if you drink too much of it because you're stripping your body of minerals. So to reintroduce those minerals, you can do, there's a lot of mineral supplements that you can buy, but very simply, you could just put a little pinch of Celtic sea salt into your water and try not to like sip, sip, sip throughout the day. Because if you're sipping water throughout the day, it's very hard for your body to gauge its hydration levels. It's better that you take, you know, drink a couple of glasses a few times a day to kind of rehydrate and regenerate and also make sure that you're putting those minerals in your water when you do drink. And salt's an interesting topic because, um, Today we're hearing how a lot of salt is contaminated with microplastics, the sea salts specifically. So they are speaking how the Himalayan salt, pink Himalayan salt is safer and it's not as high in potassium as the, the Celtic salt. Hopefully Celtic salt is still re- relatively safe. I mean, we all have to be careful I, of microplastics. I know, that's no generally what. What, what I use and we, yeah. and we use a lot of the pink salt in our cooking. I put a lot of the coarse Celtic salt in some warm water a couple times a day. And I like it. It makes the water nice and silky. Of course, it's a little bit saltier side, but I don't (laughs) mind that. Uh, We don't use a lot of salt in our cooking. So I like to get it in that way because Celtic salt really, I think is, is probably the most nutritious. Yeah. And, you know, Celtic salt is also good for people who have high blood pressure because, you know, they tell you to reduce your sodium intake, which is true, but you have to make sure that you drink enough fluids with potassium. And so having enough potassium, one of the best ways to get that is through Celtic sea salt, especially if you're not drinking enough water in general. You want to make sure that you're drinking enough water and getting enough potassium in that water. Want to know the single most important thing you can do to strengthen your immune system? Improve your gut health. More and more studies demonstrate the important relationship between gut health and healthy immunity, as well as the ability to have consistent energy and mental clarity. 
Ahara Botanics is our personal line of products, including probiotics to support gut health, digestive enzymes to support digestion and nutrient absorption, and proteolytic enzymes to support healthy joint and muscle function, tissue recovery, and circulation. Visit aharabotanics.com and use the promo code HEALTHY10 to get 10% off your first order now. That's aharabotanics.com with promo code HEALTHY10. Okay, enough about salt. I want to get back to the skin. And one oil that we left out, which is really important, is almond oil. You know, it's very popular in massage to use almond oil for full body massage. And almonds specifically nourish the lungs. So they are a good food to strengthen the lungs, to uh, help nourish them. If you want to hydrate your lungs specifically, we say eat fruits. Any of those fruits like citrus, you know, the juicy fruits, obviously a lot of vitamin C stimulates your immune system, supports that. Apples are very good. And pears are specifically like the best to hydrate. And you can imagine those Asian pears. I mean, they're really juicy. I mean, mm-hmm. those are really like a highly hydrating food when people have dryness, dry skin, dry lungs. So these are important and we like to cook them. So any of those fruits that are cookable, like the apples and pears, make like applesauce and pear sauce. And you don't have to have a ton of it if you're worried about the sugar. Just small amounts each day will will give you some support. It's good. And it's especially good at night. It will help you sleep because it'll help anchor your lung chi so you could uh, rest better. And also whenever you're you're thinking about cooking methods, it's important to take notice of whenever you're cooking something, what method you're using to prepare that food, because that's how it's going to translate inside of your body. So when we say to cook apples and pears and you're trying to hydrate the body, it's important to poach them, to steam them, to just let them sit and kind of boil a little bit. You don't have to add water. You do not have to add sweetener because they are naturally sweet. No, but add some spice. Yeah, you can definitely add spice because what does that do? Yeah, it brings the earth element into it. Yes. And it helps counter some of the cold of the fruit. So, I mean, obviously you're, you're cooking it, but that also helps it become more digestible, like cardamom, cinnamon. Cloves. Uh, cloves. Uh, nutmeg. Nutmeg's another another nice one. You know, you could put a, a little bit of all those. Yep. And it gives it a delicious flavor. It becomes like a dessert. So then you don't need other, you know, sweet desserts. Yeah, that's like a great dessert. I don't want to say substitute because it's really <laughs> just like it's better than most desserts. Yeah. And also, so versus, so boiling and poaching and steaming is going to be more conducive to hydrating, you know, any of those fruits versus if you were to bake them, then you'd be drying them out and that would create more dryness in the lungs. So be really careful about that as well. You know, when you're wanting to eat these fruits to stimulate hydration in the lungs, also pay attention to how you're eating them. Now, let's jump to the opposite end of the spectrum of dryness is dampness. Now, even though we're talking about it's the season of dryness, a lot of people, and this is often precipitated by a diet that's heavily damp. So a person could have perhaps too much sugar, too much dairy in their diet, too much sweet food will generate uh, mucus and phlegm. Dampness as it congeals becomes phlegmy. And so this is important to keep in mind because uh, a lot of people think like the orange juice is really like a good thing in the morning. And that's concentrated orange juice. Whenever you're taking a concentrate, 
you know, there's several oranges in a glass of orange juice. Do you just sit down and eat several oranges right. at a time? Same no. thing as when you have smoothies, right? You're putting so much in at once. No, so it's really medicinal when you do that. It's not really something to do daily because it's going to induce a clearing. And so it's going to try to start breaking up that phlegm. So people start like choking and stuff because, you know, now they're it's generating so much moisture, but then it's trying to break it up at the same time. So beware of that. It's not really like if you're going to have a little bit of juice, dilute it. Just don't make it such a heavy duty thing. Obviously people are more concerned about the sugar content nowadays. They're not drinking so much juice, but I know when I go to a restaurant, I'll see people, they'll have their, their coffee and their orange juice right next yeah, to Yeah, which is other. also an acid bomb because both of those are so acidic. Yeah. But also I think it's just fair to say that it's always best to eat the whole food instead of what's created the concentrate of the food or the blend of that food. So if you're wanting to, you know, hydrate and get more vitamin C, just eat the whole orange. Don't worry about the juice. Don't worry about whatever is made from oranges outside of that. Just eat the orange itself and you'll get a lot out of that. And Unless you know, you're talking about lemons or well, lime. that's true. Okay. Yes. <laughs> then you're going to want to just... You're sport. very right you're about that. Splash <laughs> but in general, we're talking about the, you know, the Grapefruit, lungs. right? Yeah. The grapefruit's a good one. You just... But also you mentioned the compact fruits. The compact fruits like apples and pears, those are pretty easy to eat and they're pretty accessible in most, most places. So those will be easy foods to use even if you can't find other fruits. Well, there's definitely something the to the saying, an apple a day. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So the other aspect that's important to discuss here is we talked a lot about the lungs and the, the elements or the organ systems that are related to the metal element. But during any transition, it's also very important to nourish the earth element. So you want to make sure that you are eating regularly, that you don't skip meals and just eat kind of haphazardly. You want to make sure, like we mentioned, to eat more hydrating foods, unless you're trying to clear that dampness. If you know, don't eat too many sugary foods, don't eat too many carbohydrates, especially if you tend to produce a lot of phlegm, like if you tend to have a cough with phlegm, you have a lot of nasal congestion, or if you're carrying a lot of excessive weight on your body, that could also be a result of having too much dampness congealing. So reducing dampness in your diet by just cutting out the refined sugars, excessive carbohydrates, especially not eating a lot of simple carbs. like Processed foods. Exactly. And processed foods, dairy, like we mentioned, and also taking digestive enzymes because enzymes, when they're taken with meals, actually help you to break down the food and also prevent stagnation and the accumulation of heat in the stomach, which also can cause constipation. Digestive enzymes are an important part of a weight loss program, just because if you want to transform your life, transform your body and transform your health, it starts with being able to transform what you eat. And digestive enzymes are very important uh, additions. For most people, I would say kids have so much stomach fire and they're probably, you know, not as in need, but as we age, we don't produce as much uh, hydrochloric acid. We don't produce as much of the stomach enzymes and the digestive enzymes from the small intestine. And you'll also notice a lot of times if you tend to have a lot of bloating whenever you eat, that when you take enzymes with meals, then that reduces the bloating as well. Right. Well, that's your main sign. Yes. You know, if you're bloating, then you know that you're not assimilating. You're not breaking things down properly. Exactly. Okay, now you brought up something that's interesting too, because a, a real trend right now is to do the intermittent fasting, you know, where people ex extend their, their fast 11, 12 or more hours in the morning and won't have their first meal into, uh, you know, late morning, 
really early afternoon. Now, that's going to be acceptable or supportive for a person who has a lot of stomach fire. Because a person has a lot of stomach fire with that elevated blood sugar and, and hypertension and all that, they need to cool down and they're better off taking a break from eating more regularly. But some people have insulin resistance, you know, so they have some propensity to some elevated blood sugar, but they have poor digestion. And so these people, and you could tell with, if you check their pulse, they have weak spleen and, and stomach chi pulses. So those people really need to have smaller meals more frequently throughout the day. Because if they're spacing their meals out too much, it's going to stress out the spleen. We're going to say it actually weakens the chi further. So keep that in mind. If you tend to be a person who maybe has soft stools, you get cold easily, your hands are cold, you bloat uh, gassy easily. Uh, soft stools is the main one. So if a person is uh, prone to soft stools, you know the spleen's weak. So more frequent meals, protein, you know, uh, with your meals, try to stabilize your blood sugar. So more like you're, you're going to snack more often. You know, don't be afraid of that. If you're, but not if you're, like high, if, high carbohydrates. If you're snacks. trying to lose weight. Yeah, you're not going to snack on a bag of potato chips. Right. <laughs> not the American conventional snacks. More like making sure that you get high protein, yeah. high fat. And be careful with those protein bars. Look at the, the sugar content. They're ridiculous. It's like yeah, 13, 18 grams. And make sure you're not serving. having too much refined. I mean, try to make your own protein bars if you can. Or just prepare little snacks, you know, like have some nuts and seeds. seeds and things like that. Remember, nuts help to go to the level of the skin and the Wei Qi level. So it's more about the lungs. And the seeds go more deeper into the kidneys. So if you're finding that you have a lot of adrenal fatigue, if you get tired often, if you have lower back aching, if you're just like you have a tendency to kind of burn yourself out, then you definitely want to eat more seeds. If you have a lot of skin issues, you might want to avoid as many nuts or just eliminate them altogether mm -hmm. and eat more seeds instead. And I like pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin seeds in Chinese medicine, they target the spleen. So they support, they support the middle burner, but they're high in zinc. So mm -hmm. we know that it also helps the kidneys. That's why they, they talk about it as helping the, the prostate gland. And zinc is important for your immune system as well. So it kind of targets all of those. Oh yeah, you can see how that has a big uh, immune support. So we mentioned also besides diet that rest is really essential. Maybe the most essential thing to focus on whenever you're going through a seasonal transition, especially when you're going into a more yin season like autumn and winter. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't exercise Exercise is actually vital to keep your lungs and your lung chi strong. So don't put exercise aside, but maybe introduce more gentle forms of exercise at this time of year. Right. But, and also a lot of people, they just love the extreme, like, you know, they have to ride 20 right. miles on their bike and maybe just be cautious about that because you also don't want to be overly exposed to the elements, you know, now that there's more wind, you know, maybe put a gator around your throat, you know, maybe make sure you just have a windbreaker, you know, so you're not getting uh, that wind, uh, you know, to penetrate. Because as it penetrates, then it, then it can start giving you trouble. That's when uh, the pathogen will uh, start to cause what we call wind cold, which will stiffen you up. You get a stiff neck, stiff muscles. Wind cold is related to virus, you know, so you can get a viral condition more prone to that. And then as that penetrates deeper, we say it could transform into 
wind and heat, then you can get more of the sore throat, the respiratory conditions, the bacterial infections. You know, sinus really could be either of those, you know. It's, but it's often we talk about pathology in Chinese terms from the context of how wind cold can be, um, I don't want to say trapped, I want to say uh, you could receive it basically from the environment. Yeah. And you could catch it just like, yeah, like you're catching a cold. Yeah, catching a cold comes from that whole idea. Yeah. And then that wind cold can transform into wind heat and that becomes more serious infectious condition. So keep that in mind, but don't hesitate to get exercise regularly. Your lungs need that on a regular basis to keep you strong, keep your immune system strong as well. Yeah, both cardiovascular exercise where you're getting your heart rate up but also doing exercises like Tai Chi and Qigong and yoga that really focus on expanding the capacity of your lungs so that you're taking more deep intentional breaths, more mindful practices are very important at this time of year, at really every time of the year, but especially when you're talking about the lung season. And you know, you can be more efficient with your cardiovascular exercise as well. You don't have to do long extended runs. There's and newer trends that are coming up are, you know, to do exercises like reduced exertion, high intensity interval training. That's called like rehit, or even just hit exercises, high intensity interval training, where you can get your heart rate up several times throughout that workout in as little as eight or ten minutes. So doing more condensed Those cardiovascular, yeah, it's being more efficient, but then also making sure that you're taking time for your qigong and yoga yeah. practices. Yeah, so oxygenation is about qi. So as you increase your oxygenation, you boost your lung qi. And in our next episode, we're going to be talking about essential oils to support us during the season and to support our qi and oxygenation. Mm -hmm. And also talking about the emotion that's related to this time of year, the autumn time, and how we can use the oils and do, use different practices to help resolve a lot of the sadness that might come up during these yin seasons, especially autumn. So with that being said, thank you very much for joining us for another episode of the Natural Healing Podcast. And we so look forward to having you join us again next time. Bye. Hey, if you haven't already done so, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This ensures that we can share this invaluable information with more listeners just like you. 